Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Kinsey from the I Love You So Much podcast. On my show, we talk about everything lifestyle, business, finance, beauty, you name it. My favorite part about the show is the amazing guests that we bring on. We have everyone ranging from like business experts to influencers, CEOs, creative masterminds. It's so much fun. If you guys want to find me on Instagram, and it's just at Kinsey Elizabeth, I release new episodes every Thursday. So hope to see you there. Hey, bestie, it's Cammie Crawford. Relationships are hard, and that's why I'm here. Think of me as your big sister slash audible BFF that you can always trust to give you the real tea. This is my show, Relationship, the advice podcast that covers all relationship topics, the good, the bad, and the straight up shitty. Need advice? Send your story to hello at relationshippod.com or DM me at relationship on IG and tune in every Friday for new episodes. Be sure to follow us and subscribe so you don't miss all the hot goss. And if you're loving the show, please leave us a review. Talk soon, bestie. Happy motherfucking Friday to see. Today, we are talking about attachments. And I know it's like a buzzword. Like everyone wants to be like, oh, what's your attachment style? What's your attachment style? I haven't known anything about attachment styles really before we recorded this episode. And, you know, in order to get fully educated on what the attachments all are about, I had to tap in with Dr. Morgan because she's a clinical psychologist, she's a relationship coach, and she's an attachment theory expert. So, you know, she knows her shit. All right. And we're going to talk about it all today. What are the attachments? How can we date and be our best selves in relationships according to our attachments? Who should we date according to our attachment style? Yeah we're diving deep. Okay. And like, what's an attachment and what's actually just like trauma, you know, because they kind of go hand in hand, I think. But we're going to talk about it all today. So get your notepads out. All right. And whatever you thought about your attachment style, maybe it might change by the end of this episode. All right, let's get into it. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. It's your girl, Cammie Crawford. And today we have Dr. Morgan in the building. She is a clinical psychologist, relationship coach, and attachment theory expert and host of the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. Dr. Morgan, welcome to the building. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) I am so excited to be here and have this convo. I am too, mostly because I've been hearing about attachments for so long, but I haven't had it fully broken down to me the way that you're about to break it down for me. Yeah. 
And I feel like in like movies and things like that, you hear people say like, oh, I have attachment issues or I have like, what do they call it? Not just attachment issues. They'll say I have I'm emotionally unavailable. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like all of those little terms. But like, what does that even mean? So like, obviously, everyone has read that book, Attached, which is yes. all about the attachments. But I'm curious to see how much of that you subscribe to as a doctor mm-hmm. and how much of your own ideas about attachments differ. So first and foremost, tell us about yourself. How did you get into this <laughs> world and like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> we have so much to talk about. I'm like, yes. OK, it's be like seven hour episode. Yes. Let's do it. I'm so excited. This is one of my favorite things to talk about in the world because I truly believe it's the missing piece to the dating puzzle mm. for so many people. Yeah, it's just so helpful. So I can't wait to dive in a little bit about me. I am a clinical psychologist turned relationship coach. And like many people who find themselves in this field, I had a lot of dumpster fire relationships, Mm. a lot of my own relationship trauma. And I honestly was going to grad school and had my own rock bottom moment. Oh, wow. Found myself with a narcissist who was also emotionally unavailable. And I won't go into all the details, but essentially I was like filing a police report. Oh, my God. In the lobby of my apartment building. And I just I just like hit rock bottom. I couldn't even stand. I was in so much emotional pain. So I'm like sitting on the floor in my apartment building. And it was in that moment I just decided I cannot have this kind of relationship ever again. Mm. I have to learn how do you have a healthy relationship? And from that point on, I was researching attachment theory and healthy relationships and just kind of devoted my life to understanding how to do this. Wow. And now I help other people. And I also have done my own healing. And I'm in a great relationship now, two two years. Oh, and, thank God. Right? Like, <laughs> there's, there's a happy ending, yes. okay? <laughs> there's hope. That's so good. So I always tell people, if, any, if I can do it, then anybody mm. can. Because, I mean, I really I really went through it a lot in yeah. my 20s, okay? So, yeah, I'm, I'm so happy to do the work I do. It just, it gives me so much purpose and joy. Yeah. And do you do like one-on-one therapy with people or do you do like any kind of private coaching? Yeah. So I developed a program that basically just takes everyone from whatever attachment style they currently have and moves them to secure attachment, which mm, we'll talk that's about. That's the goal. That's, that's where you want to be. That's yes. the good style. Yes. So it helps women move to secure attachment. It's an eight-week program. And so far, I've had over 500 people enroll in my program. It's wow. Empowered, Secure, and Loved is the name of it because that's how we want to feel, yes. right? Yes. And I think that we all have that as our end goal in relationships. But for whatever reason, I like to think that we all are born with like a blank slate. It's kind of like just like a, a blank wall on a street. But then over time you have these people who enter your life and they don't just have to be romantic partners. You have family members, people who come and they graffiti all over your wall and they add so much to it. And while it adds color and beauty, because there's definitely some streets where I walk, I walk down them or I drive past them and I see a beautiful graffiti wall. I'm like, wow, like what a beautiful piece of art that this has become. At the same time, sometimes there's bad shit on the wall and like things that you wish they didn't add or like somebody comes back over it and writes some shit that messes up the whole beauty of it all. And I feel like we as people are very much like that. The people that we become are humans who are flawed, but also beautiful in so many different ways. But then you can have these people who come and they 
fuck yeah. up your wall. <laughs> you're, you're so right. I have a metaphor that I love for this. I call it like your relationship blueprint. Mm. And sometimes that blueprint gets all changed and all of a sudden like your go to for building the relationship you want. Yeah. You're building a shack instead of like the beautiful relationship house yes. that you deserve. Right. Mansion. So, exactly. A mansion yeah. of love. So we need to be able to wipe that slate clean and intentionally create the relationship blueprint that we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK. So I've heard that there are a set amount of attachment styles, but different people say different things. Some people say that like anxious and avoidant are two different things. Some people say that secure obviously is like the end goal, but like there's some discrepancies. Break yeah. down what you think about the attachment styles. How many are there really? Okay. I love this. We are going to break it down. Yeah. <laughs> and this, and this could change your life. Like, I mean, I don't mean to be dramatic, but like attachment theory, like when you really understand it, it really helps your dating life. So mm. I'm so glad we're talking about this. Mm-hmm. So there are four styles and this is the clinical research. So there are okay. four styles. We have anxious attachment, avoidant attachment, disorganized attachment. Oh, shit. I haven't even heard, haven't heard that one. Oh, my God. I'm afraid I'm disorganized. <laughs> I'm using the clinical terms here. <laughs> and then we have secure attachment. OK, so are they, that's them in order. I'll I'll break it down for you. Okay. So and, and just, I guess, to get us started, know that all of us have a go to attachment style. Mm. But I like you to think of it as like your toolbox and you have percentages of each style. That's I did the quiz that's on your page. Oh, and I have to oh. tell you what it said. Oh, my gosh. Should okay. I tell you before or after you break them down? Oh, tell us now. I I actually had an idea. I had <gasps> a guess. Oh, my God. OK, I was a little surprised. I got 43 percent secure. Yep. So I was like, I'm secure. Go, girl. But, you know, I the thing with these quizzes, like you have to really be honest with yourself when you're oh, filling them yeah. out. And that part is difficult because on some of them, I was kind of like, uh, uh, maybe. <laughs> But I'm 43% secure, 29% avoidant, 29% anxious. Okay. I thought my anxious would have been lower and that my avoidant might have been higher. Yeah. But I don't know. Well. And that where's the disorganized? We'll get into it. We'll we'll just, we'll get all into it. We're figuring this all out for you. So, so starting with anxious attachment, this is where you have fear of abandonment. Mm. You are prioritizing the relationship above yourself. Mm -hmm. This is that friend that disappears the minute they're in a relationship. You never hear from them. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. You're sending 17 text messages. Really? (laughs) I can be like that sometimes. (laughs) She's already feeling called out. Okay. (laughs) And I I think we have to give ourselves a lot of compassion. Mm -hmm. I'm going to back up real quick. Like the reason I love attachment theory, it helps you understand why you do what you do. Mm -hmm. With understanding comes compassion. Right. With compassion comes change. So anytime we're talking about this, like it's no judgment. You're just understanding yourself. Okay. Got it. (laughs) Compassion, compassion. Okay. So anxious. And then the next style I'll talk about is avoidant attachment. This is where you are really afraid to lose yourself and lose your freedom. Mm. You struggle with intimacy. You have a lot of hard time with trusting people. And you are definitely going to struggle with giving reassurance and having all that communication about commitment. Mm. 
Yeah. And wow. And this is the person where you might not hear like you have a great date. You think things are amazing and then you don't hear from them mm. for like a week. Wow. There's parts of that that I see in myself, but I thought it was just my Scorpio sun and my Sagittarius <laughs> Venus. But now I'm seeing it's actually avoidant. <laughs> Well, attachment. <laughs> and here's here's the thing, Cammy. as successful women, mm-hmm. a lot of us have learned hyper independence. Right. As yes. a coping skill. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's part of avoidant attachment is like, I'm not going to depend on anyone. Mm-hmm. I got me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to depend on you because you could let me down. Right. So it's protective. Yes. And if you add daddy issues on top of that, like mm-hmm. I have. Yeah, it's Ooh. definitely a I'm going to get you before you can get me type of vibe. Like I'm going to get out before you can get out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, I'm, this is juicy. I yes. love we're, we're vulnerable. Today. Oh, yeah. Oh, girl. OK. <laughs> and then the other thing, too, that people don't realize with avoidant attachment is a lot of times people also just have a belief that they're not good at relationships. Mm. So they also think like, I'm just not a good partner. Yeah. And I don't want to let you down either. Yeah. So it's better if I'm just doing my own thing. I think that's super annoying when I hear, especially men say that when oh, they're yeah. like, I'm just not a relationship guy. It's like, what the fuck does that even mean? You're not a relationship <laughs> guy. You're just oh, not girl. trying. Oh, yeah. Right. How about the classic like you deserve better? Yeah. And honestly, I've had some friends lately that have heard this from the guys that they're dating. And they're like, you deserve so much better than me. And they're like, but I like him. I'm like, listen to him. Mm-hmm. If he's saying that, listen to him. Mm-hmm. You deserve better than me. That's scary to say. Mm-hmm. Like, I, we all have our ups and downs and like ebbs and flows and how much we're able to give to relationships. But to say that you deserve better than me says you're in a really low place and like you shouldn't be dating. Yeah. It's basically saying I don't have the emotional capacity to show up for you mm-hmm. and be a good partner to you. Mm-hmm. That's that what sounds nicer. Yeah. That sounds <laughs> nicer. You deserve better than me. Sounds like I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. And like you don't deserve to be ran over the way that I'm about to fuck your life up. Yeah. That's how I receive it. For sure. I mean, <laughs> both are true. Yeah. But yeah, it's true. You, you got to listen when people yeah. say that to you. Right. And then so the next style, disorganized, also known as fearful avoidant. I'm sure you've heard it okay. called that. Yes. Yes. So this is 5% of the population. Not many people. Mm. However, it's really highly correlated with childhood trauma, mm. relational trauma. And this is where you are flip flopping between anxious and avoidant strategies. Hmm. So one, I'll give you an example. Yeah. Okay. So you go on a date and it's going great. And maybe you don't hear from the person. You're sending them 17 text messages. You're like, oh, I really want to be with this person. The next day you go to brunch. It's wonderful. You're hanging out and you're like, I don't know if I like this person. I think I'm going to go to Cabo for a week. This sounds like a Sagittarius. (laughs) That's 5% of the population. It sounds like. So it's like it's the flip flop. Yeah. And it's like you actually it can be so confusing and so frustrating. Mm. And and this was me, too, by the way. So mm. I know it really well in my past. Are you a Sagittarius? No. <laughs> I love that you're into the signs. I'm a Leo. So I don't oh, know what that means. Wow. I don't know what that means. That's a great sign. Is it? It's a great sign. But you're okay. definitely. Like, yeah. OK. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Independence. So, yeah. Leos are very independent, but they sure. love love. But we love love, yeah. which is confusing. That's exactly disorganized attachment. Like mm. you move towards someone, you move away. You move mm. towards them, you move away. Wow. Very confusing to date that person, too. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. But that can also be, I feel like it can be tied into like love bombing a little bit, maybe. Mm -hmm. So avoidant attachment and narcissistic traits Mm -hmm. get confused. Mm. The, The key difference, though, with a narcissist, they're doing what they're doing to control you. Got it. With avoidant attachment, it's out of fear. Ooh, interesting. So key key distinction, but people will throw around that term. Oh, he's a narcissist. He's actually just avoidantly attached. Mm. But if he's trying to control you and manipulate you, for sure, meets yeah. that criteria of a narcissist. I think calling them narcissists makes us feel better. It does. Yeah. Amen. It's, I see that all the time. It's like, okay. Yes. Like he's a narcissist. Yeah, we love that. Label. Feels, yeah, yeah, feels better. Yeah. 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 Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Wow. And then okay. secure. Yes. So secure is the goal. Secure. It's where we want to be. Secure is sexy. Mm-hmm. That's what I say to my clients. Mm-hmm. So, That's like confident. Like you're confident, confident in your relationship. Is there a place where you can be secure and never need like reassurance or that's not that doesn't exist. That doesn't exist. Yeah. So secure means that, you know, you can depend on your partner mm-hmm. and you can depend on yourself. Mm-hmm. You can meet your needs and your partner can meet your needs. And I like to think of it as being connected to interdependence. Mm-hmm. So not hyper-independence, not codependence. Right. Interdependence. Yes. So I depend on me and I depend on you. I take ownership. I use I statements. I communicate mm-hmm. in a healthy way. Yes. I don't expect you to read my mind. And I give you love and I receive love. I set boundaries. Mm. Right. Like, so it's Mm. not like you're not having to communicate or not ask for reassurance, but you do it in a really healthy way. Yeah. And with secure attachment, you just need way less reassurance than with anxious attachment. Got it. Is there a world where, because like what you're just describing, that's how I feel in my current relationship. Very secure. The first time I've ever felt like this in my life. It's amazing. Congrats. Thank you. I feel like I have reached it to the top of the mountain (laughs) and I'm like, everybody come up here. It's great. But is there a world where in every relationship you have a different attachment style or like Mm. can one relationship move you more into a certain one or is it personal work that has to be done in order to make it towards secure? 
I know that was five million questions. I love it, though. I love all of it. I nerd out on this stuff all the time. So the research supports a lot of your attachment style coming from your parent relationship. Mm -hmm. However, it's also impacted by your dating life, Mm. particularly your early romantic relationships. Because you have to think about it. That was when your brain was learning. This is what a relationship is. Yeah. Yeah. And so your, your early dating experiences. And then, of course, if if you date someone who's really, really avoidantly attached, that's probably going to bring out some anxious attachment tendencies. Mm-hmm. The, the difference is, though, when you are securely attached, you have abundance mindset, you know your worth. Yeah. You notice those anxious attachment strategies coming out and you go, that's not how I want to feel. Mm-hmm. I'm going to move on. Mm-hmm. Right. But if I've never experienced secure attachment or I don't even know what it looks like or how to do it, I'm going to experience anxious attachment and I'm just going to be like, all right, bring it on. Yeah. I'm going to make this man love me. He's emotionally available. Yes. Bring it on. I'm going to make him love me. Yes. Wow. I, I feel like even though now I'm in a secure attachment style relationship, there are still elements of my anxious avoidant like mm-hmm. triggers that that happen. And then I immediately, it's like I revert back, but then through therapy, thank God, I am able to like dismantle that very quickly. Yeah. Like it'll pop up and I'll be like, no, like my new thing that I'm saying is to myself, you're different. So be different. Ooh, yes. This is like been my little mantra when I'm having these moments where things are bubbling up and I'm like, no, like you're different. Be different. This is different. Let it be different. And moving back towards secure and feeling like I have my head on straight. Because when you have I feel like a lot of times when you're living in that like anxious avoidant, what would you call it? Disorganized? Disorganized. When you're living it, it's very dis- <laughs> the, the disorganized chaotic. is disorganizing. It is chaotic. And like you're you feel so mm-hmm. I don't even have a word to put chaotic. Like that's mm-hmm. just how you, you feel disorganized. Like you mm-hmm. feel like you big are emotions. big emotions and they don't they're not rooted in anything like deep and yeah life is much better on the secure side I will say but all that to say there are still things that bubble up so I feel yes. like nobody can be a hundred percent secure even when everything yeah. is set up for you to be secure you're right and there's gonna be times where let's say you got no sleep mm-hmm. I don't know, all kinds of, you spilled your coffee on yourself. Mm -hmm. Like all these bad things happen, right? Like there's going to be times where you're more vulnerable to Mm -hmm. showing up in those old attachment styles. Yeah. I always talk with my clients about coming up with the securely attached version of you as an identity Mm. and then intentionally realigning with that version of you. Yeah. And I say, WWSK. What would securely attached Cami do? Ah, yes. Okay. Yes. And like yes. you, so you realign with that identity, and you say, "Hey, how would I show up if I was showing up securely attached?" Mm. How can you work towards being securely attached? That's what I dedicated my work to my whole life. So, how long does it take? <laughs> like, how long does it take for someone who so, is strictly avoidant or strictly anxious to make their way towards secure? So, there. oh, and this is where I am different than the attached book, by the way, just to throw this in. Mm-hmm. So some attachment theory researchers say your attachment style is your attachment style. 
if you are anxious, you better find somebody secure because you're never going to change. Good luck. And that's kind of the approach of, of that book. Yeah, yeah, that's unfair. So I bought the book. I have not read it. OK, we can read mine instead. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> now I have yours. So now I, I know where to go. Because mine is like that book had a baby with a Jen Sincero. You are a badass book. Uh, yes. I want to make it fun. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Attachment theory is fun. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But so I believe you can always move towards secure attachment. Yeah. Yeah. You and, have to allow people to evolve and grow. Yeah. I have. Evidence. You have. Yeah. I have hundreds of clients that have. Yeah. So the process is different for everyone. Mm -hmm. uh, the program that I have is eight weeks. Okay. And it's very intentional on rewiring people's brains and releasing past trauma. Mm. So wiping that slate clean rewiring your belief system because you and I know beliefs are so, so important. Yeah. The beliefs you have about relationships as a securely attached woman mm -hmm. are very, very different. Yes. Right. Yes, definitely. So belief systems and then learning how to use mindfulness, self-compassion and attachment theory mm -hmm. awareness and have that change how you show up. And then there's a lot of mindset and I also teach people securely attached communication and dialogue. So how to like mm. intentionally dialogue with your partner. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I take them through all that. And it's amazing to see. I mean, some of the women I coach are married like six months later. Oh, I so love it, that. It can be quick. This yeah. doesn't have to be years and years and years. Yeah. Yeah. But it is an active practice. Like you oh, have to. Lifelong. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm learning that because through each thing that may happen, like, I love my boyfriend. We're super secure. He's incredible. And I'm madly in love with him. But we've had like two legit arguments in the past few months. Okay. And just the way I think what I love about him and our relationship most is our conflict resolution. I'm learning how important it is to have healthy conflict resolution versus two people screaming at each other and like you can't get a word in edgewise and nobody the the goal of the conversation is just who's right and who's wrong mm -hmm. versus the goal of our conversations is to make sure that we are good. That's, I love that. That's the goal. And it's changed so much for me, even the way that I communicate. Like, I would never communicate in the way that I used to anymore. Like, at least, well, I can't say never because, you know, <laughs> every once in a while, <laughs> I may have a crazy moment yeah. where I'm like, we all do. Yeah, but we all do. And like, it's normal and it's natural. But just to know that I have something else to look back on and be like, no, this is how I want to. This is how I choose to communicate with, yes. with the person that I love. It It's practice. Like, it's it active is. practice. And I've had to, in the midst of being about to say some shit where mm -hmm. I'm like, don't say that shit. Mm -hmm. You're different. Be different. Beautiful. Don't say that. <laughs> because I definitely could. If I wanted girl, to. we I mean, even me, it's like, you know, I'm mm -hmm. the expert. I have my moments yeah. with my boyfriend. I'm like, OK, count to three. Yeah. <laughs> Deep breath. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I always say instead of happily ever after, we mm -hmm. get to have intentionally happily ever after because mm -hmm. it doesn't just happen. Yes. It yes. does like require us to be intentional and to constantly realign with our securely attached selves. Yeah. And there's going to be conflict. Mm -hmm. Conflict is good. Yes, it's good. Oh, yeah. It's as a, necessary. As a couples therapist, when I would see couples who hadn't been in an argument mm -hmm. for like seven years, yeah. I'm worried. Yeah. 
Well, that's we. So I'm the host of X on the Beach. And oh, my God, girl. Yes. Yes. One of the first the first episode we did for everyone watching Jade and Ben, they're a couple on the show and they came in telling everyone they've never had an argument. They're like, we've never argued. We've never had an argument. What happens a few hours later when Ben's ex shows up? Full on argument. Jade's crying. It's a whole thing. Ben doesn't know how to handle it because he's never argued with her before. They've never had this kind of experience before. And she's like, I need you to be here for me like this. And he's like, I think I'm doing it right, but I'm not obviously because you're still upset. When you don't have any kind of conflict, you don't know how to show up for the other person in the way that they might need you to in an argument. Like there's it's going to happen. It could be about something like your ex showing up to the same bar as you. Or it could be something like you didn't change the toilet paper roll in the last five times I've had to do it and you have not done it yet. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that you don't have that responsibility the same as me? Why are you just waiting for me to do it? Like arguments are going to arise and yeah. you can either run and hide from them or you can learn how to present the situation and make your case and actually get what it is that you want out of it in the end. Yeah. Securely attached couples have arguments and secure does not mean perfect. It Mm -hmm. means when things come up, you can navigate back towards secure in a healthy way where you both feel heard and you feel stronger. Right. On the other side of the argument. That's what people don't understand. It's actually it's so, so good. Yeah. And when I see couples that never argue, my gut tells me, okay, they're probably codependent. Mm. Or they're both avoidantly attached and they don't have a ton of intimacy. Because conflict means we have two individuals who are honest. Yeah. We got to be honest to be secure. And also, how are you going to have makeup sex if you don't have any conflict? (laughs) Right? You have nothing to make up about. That that makeup sex, the repair sex, like that's that's good. That's important. Brings you closer. Yeah, it does. It definitely does. Okay, well, we've had some people who have written in their situations... And they need some help because okay. they have attachment issues. I'm excited. <laughs> I I have to say, you doing the X on the Beach show, I'm like, when i watching that, it's like, I would have to regulate. I'd have to go meditate mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. every 10 minutes. Yeah. Just like your nervous yeah. system. Like, wha- <laughs> it's oh a lot. My, oh, my god, It's gosh. a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. And I've, I mean, but I can see myself in every one of yeah. the cast members. So yeah. I understand where they're coming from. Sure. So that makes it a little bit easier. For sure. We asked our listeners if they know what their attachment style even is. Ooh. And a lot of people did. We had someone said, someone said, I'm anxious attachment and I'm saying I'm an avoidant. <laughs> oh, yeah. Classic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like making something up. Yeah. Someone said avoidant, avoidant, anxious attachment, faux show, dismissive slash fearful. I'm a mess. Mm. Anxious, disorganized, that airs on the side of anxious. Mm. Anxious, anxious. So much insight. Someone said no clue. Someone said if the therapy is working and I know it is, hopefully nothing toxic. Oh, someone wrote quality time. That is going to be your love language. Love language. Different thing. But I feel like love languages and attachment styles can I just did a thing on this. Yeah, they work hand in hand. So when you know your partner's love language, you're better able to create secure attachment Mm. because you're helping them feel loved by knowing their love language. So you create that secure attachment. Oh, so they do connect. And communicating your love language then also feeds into having security. Yes, you feel secure. Period. Boom. Anxious and sometimes avoidant. Someone said secure. There we go. Hey, right. Someone said disorganized. Someone said anxious as fuck attachment. 
Hey, someone said fearful, <laughs> avoidant, avoidant, anxious, anxious, secure. Secure is my platonic relationships, but anxious, avoidant in my romantic relationships. Do we want to explain why that happens? Yes. Okay. Evolution. So when you were picking your partner in prehistoric times, it was based on survival. Mm-hmm. Who you pick is like your person. It's you against the saber-toothed tigers with right. this person. Who's the biggest person who can bring back the boar and like save the family if the saber-toothed yeah. tiger comes Doesn't to kill us all? Doesn't this explain women's obsession with tall men? Oh, too? yeah, yeah, like, yeah. we think about evolution, yes. it's like, oh, yeah, that's why. Yes, <laughs> exactly. one. Exactly. Um, so, so, yeah, you put all this pressure on your romantic partner because survival. Mm, mm-hmm. And then our friendships, we don't have that same pressure. Right. Oh, mm, that makes sense. Yeah, we have, there's a mixture. Someone said insecure, aka anxious. Yeah. Avoidant, trauma bonded. What yeah. What would you say trauma bonded is? So trauma bonded, you're probably anxious or disorganized and you're experiencing codependency. And it, when I hear that, I, I think about two individuals who went too deep, too fast, mm. and you've shared everything about your life. You went over your childhood yeah. history on date two. Yeah. And you're just codependent and you can't seem to imagine your life without them. Like that's right. That's trauma. Because they know all your tea, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're right for you. No. Right. Okay. Well, some people actually wrote in some actual situations that are going on in their lives. Oh, my gosh. We're going to get juicy. Okay, We're going to get juicy. Good. I love it. Someone said, wow, this couldn't have come at a more perfect time. I'd like to remain anonymous. But I get attached super quick. I feel like I don't even take time to know the other person. I just force myself to be about them so quickly. And I expect them to be obsessed with me just as quick, which never happens. And then when it ends, all I can think about for weeks is this on end. Why am I like this? Is this something I need to fix? I love the vulnerability here. Mm -hmm. So helpful. It's going to definitely help people. So with anxious attachment, you dive in quick. Mm -hmm. I call it relationship pacing and your investment into the relationship is fast. Mm. And one of the things that can happen is you're losing your identity. So this is like the person who maybe you're dating somebody who likes fishing. Mm. You've never been fishing in your life. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're out by the fishing rod, yeah. looking at fishing magazine. You know what I mean? I know. What you mean, I feel like that doesn't sounds like my eighth grade boyfriend. Okay, listened to some forty one and Blink one eighty two, and so that's all I listened to. Which I still love them. Like, okay. don't get me wrong. Yeah, but like, definitely, yeah. definitely got into some things that he was into just because he was into them. But and, I was also the eighth grade, so right. <laughs> and, and so okay, I and and that worked out well for yeah. you because. Blink-182. Yeah, but, exactly. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, I think it's important to realize this is a coping skill. Mm, so mm-hmm. anxious attachment, quick investment. We're doing it because we don't want to be abandoned. Mm. And we learn if I can be just like this person and I can seem like there's never any conflict. We're exactly the same person mm. and we're mm. codependent. Then you won't leave me. <sighs> so that's why it's happening. Wow. And how do you fix it? Okay. So in order to fix this, there's something really helpful that I, I want to go into with you. It's called repetition compulsion. You're, oh. you're looking at me like, I'm like what, what the, the hell? Fuck? So, <laughs> what does this entail? So this is something that actually came from Freud. It's probably like mm. one of the only 
great things from, from Freud. Freud. Yeah. There's some weird shit. There's from a lot Freud, of weird okay? shit from Freud. There really is. <laughs> yes. yes. So it's this idea that we are repeating our parent-child relationship dynamic over and over and over mm-hmm. unconsciously, mm-hmm. not doing it intentionally. It's, mm-hmm. it's unconscious. You're repeating it over and over and over with the hope that you will eventually have a different outcome. Mm. And once you have that different outcome, it'll make up for all the pain you mm. experienced in childhood. Mm. So, listen, so listening to her talk about that, yeah, I know there's probably unhealed childhood wounds mm-hmm. and unconsciously, it's not about the people she's dating. Mm. It's mm-hmm. not long enough to be about the people she's dating, but she's having a disproportionate emotional response to these breakups because it represents wounds from childhood. Oh, that felt like a stab to my heart because I get it. I understand. Like, I've been there also. And it's not, you're not conscious of it. You you think, because I'm like, I do not want to date anybody who's like this person. And then you find yourself dating that person. Yeah over and over again you're like why why is this person so fucked up to me like why am i so anti this person well because you've met this person before Mm -hmm. you might have been raised by this person exactly and it doesn't just have to be your opposite sex parent right right which is like the even crazier thing whoever wounded you that's who it is yeah yeah wow whatever you're trying to make up for Mm. yeah so then well the question is this something that i need to fix I guess you don't need to, but you might want to. Yeah. I mean, some people like myself have to get to rock bottom before Mm. they're willing to look at it. But for her sake or his sake, whoever it is, I hope that you don't have to get to that place and that you can acknowledge the pain you're in and start to do the work to heal so that you can have a different outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, I always used to say it's like you're dating the same person with a different haircut. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And it gets old. Eventually you will get sick of it. Yeah. Or here's this is also heartbreaking because I see this a lot, too, where you just give up completely. Yeah. And you're you don't date anybody for the next 20 years. And then you look back on your life and you go, damn it, I really did want a family. Mm. So you you deserve to have the relationship that you desire and that does require healing and work. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Go to therapy. Boo. It'll help. Trust me. I love it. I love it. You have to heal those those yeah. wounds. You don't even know that they exist sometimes until really when you're in relationships. And then you're like, wait, why do I feel this way? But at least you're cognizant of it. Like, that's the most important thing when you have self-awareness. Yes. A lot of people are dealing with these things that have zero self-awareness and yes. they don't even understand how they're affecting other people or even causing further trauma to themselves by getting into these back-to-back relationships. So at least you are recognizing it. Read my book. Yes. I have exercises in there, too, that it's like if you actually do the exercises, it will help you mm. move towards the care. Here we go. You've got some, <laughs> you've got some homework to do. OK, here we go. Someone said my ex was so manipulative, I forget everything bad that he ever did. And it was bad a lot. And after almost a year of being broken up, I still feel attached to him and can't remember all the bad that he actually did. How can I clearly remember how things were so that I can stop hanging on to what I thought it was? Mm, we are so deep today, yeah. Kimmy. Oh, yeah. This is, I knew I, this was going to happen. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. I was like, I love Kimmy. She's yeah. so fun. We're going to laugh. <laughs> and you're over here with these deep questions. Listen, the besties have questions. They need answers. They want to know what's going on. And All I right. get it. I get right. it. So 
Oh, man. So, I mean, it kind of goes back to the last question, too. It's like, clearly, when we don't get the result that we want, where we end up not getting the love that we really, really wanted, Mm -hmm. our brain replays that over and over and over. And we're like, oh, I just wanted to be loved. So it's so, so painful. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think there's this really helpful thing. It's funny. I just did an episode on this from cognitive behavioral therapy. I call it reality testing. Mm. Really helpful to check in with reality when mm-hmm. you're dating. Yeah. And and this is where you would write out your thoughts, your emotions, and then you would write out the facts. Mm. The securely attached version of you knows what the facts are. Because mm, facts are not feelings. Facts are not feelings. Feelings are not facts. Yeah. 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 So it, it's not to invalidate. <laughs> so they say. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. We got to know. We got to yeah. know the difference. Right. You know, I have a friend that says the rent to live in reality is high. Mm-hmm. It's true. A lot of people don't want to pay the rent. Mm-hmm. You just want to be in your unconscious pat- patterns, repeating things over and over. Yeah. But you you deserve to know what reality is. And also to validate your emotions, give yourself so much compassion, you know, realizing like, why did I want that to work out so badly? Who did he represent to me? Mm. If I could have just gotten his love, what would have that meant about me? Mm. That's the question I want you to think about. <sighs> Jesus, wow. That's that. Wow, it is deep. It is, it is deep. deep. But we don't think about it like that. We're just like, wow, like I'm not over my ex. Or am I over my ex? Like that's, that's, that's how yeah. it comes out. You don't think about what is it if this relationship would have worked out? Like, what would that have meant yeah. for my self-worth? Right. There was one a question on that quiz that's on your page about attachments where it was like, when you get out of relationships, do you tend to like forget about them mm-hmm. completely? I do that all the time. Mm-hmm. And I've been wondering, like, what does that mean? Like, I'll part of me feels like, oh, it means that I've healed and like I'm moving on. But There are still parts that need to heal. But when I break up with someone, I genuinely forget pretty Mm. much 85% of the like loving parts of that relationship and like things that happened. Mm -hmm. I remember some of the bad stuff, but like I try to not even think about Mm -hmm. anything about them. Mm -hmm. What is that? A coping skill, (laughs) a defense mechanism. (laughs) (laughs) You like to put it plainly? (laughs) Coping. Got it. Yes. Makes so sense. So that's definitely correlated probably with some avoidant attachment strategies mm-hmm. and the the distancing from mm-hmm. that person. And I think it's important not to judge it. Yeah. But just to say, huh, if I was able to look at this re- relationship in the reality, because mm-hmm. the reality is there was good parts, there was bad parts. Yeah. It's never all, even the narcissist that I dated, I mean, okay, it was a lot of bad, but yeah. there was good. Mm-hmm. When when we heal, we have to fully accept the relationship for what it was. Yes. And to be able to be grateful and to maybe feel the anger, the pain, the sadness, but to feel it all mm-hmm. in order to fully release and move through. I'm sure you've heard this. The only way forward is through. Right. They're like, yeah, that's why I'm a therapy. Yeah, exactly. But it's like all these sayings and they all make sense, but nobody wants to have to do them. Nobody wants to have to go through to get forward. Trying to go around, trying to take a detour. I don't even want to go through the traffic in L.A. to get to where I'm going. (laughs) I'm trying to find as many side roads as I could possibly do to get to my destination. My old coping skill, I went through a breakup. I'd be in the club that night. Yeah. 
which yeah. is sad. Like I, I have compassion for myself. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to forget mm-hmm. as soon as possible. Of course. Right. And I think the healthiest breakup I ever had, I was like, okay, I'm going to allow myself to be sad. Yes. I'm going to be sad as long as I need to be sad. Yeah. And I listened to sad music and I cried and I processed it all out. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing is, I don't have any intrusive thoughts about that person or like flashbacks. I've like, I've been there. I process it. I felt through it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a real thing. Someone that I love very deeply is going through a breakup right now. Mm. And they were like, I'm just going to talk to people. Like, I'm just going to flirt. I'm just going to get to know some people and like have fun. And like immediately after, just like, why not? The second somebody asked for their number, they burst into tears. Because they were like, I'm not ready for this. I don't want to do this. And it's like, you want to be at a point where you're excited about dating and you're excited about getting back yes. out there. And I was just like, take your time. Yes. You do not have to rush it. Like, if it feels good in the moment to flirt and like talk to someone, do it. But if it doesn't feel good, don't do it. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to do it. Like, that's not always the best mechanism for moving on. For me, it required a lot of crying through a lot of pain. And like move, like going through it. Mm-hmm. And that was, I think, the first time I had ever gone through it. Like really let myself go through it. So that when I came out on the other end, I was ready to go to the club. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go to the club. Mm-hmm. I wasn't crying in the club. You don't want to be the one crying in the club. No, you do not. <laughs> you want to be able to be <laughs> popping bottles and having fun. Yeah. If we don't feel it's going to come out sideways, which Mm -hmm. is what you just described with your friend, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's going to come out and it's going to be really not good for you when it does. So intentionally feel. Yes. Also, this is so important to remember. If we cut ourselves off from sadness, anger, those terrible emotions that we don't want to feel. But if we cut ourselves off from those, we also cut ourselves off from joy, mm. connection, mm-hmm. love, happiness. Mm-hmm. So we got to feel it all. That's part of life. Yeah. We, we don't get to be selective about what emotions we feel. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's so true. And I have said this before on the podcast, but Shanae Alexander, who has an amazing podcast called Press Send, she went through a breakup around the time when I did. And I listened to an episode that she did on her podcast about it. And she was just saying how she was feeling all these emotions and like she was letting herself really go through it. But she was like, how beautiful is it to be able to feel in the first place? Mm -hmm. Like to be able to have the experience of love, to be able to have the experience of loss and like missing someone and and missing what could have been and thinking Mm -hmm. about all of those things. Like that is something that I think we take for granted a lot because obviously it's painful. Like no one wants to go through pain. But when you come out on the other side of it, you're so much better for it. Like you become or you can become such a better version of yourself when you don't just like succumb to your sadness. Like when you work mm-hmm. through it and you you make mm-hmm. it out on the other side, mm-hmm. I think. But nobody wants yeah. to do that shit in the moment. No, <laughs> no. They don't. Nobody they want they want the, the martinis. Yes, you know? I get it. I understand. For sure. Oh. For sure. All right. This next person said, me and my boyfriend have been dating for nearly six years and I have grown very attached to him. I want to share all my experiences with him and really work as a unit, but I've noticed that he's very detached. We are in our early 20s and the topic of moving out has recently been brought up and he says that he wants to move in with friends before he does it with me. But it's something that I've wanted to do together for ages. What do I do? Well, 
I have so much compassion mm-hmm. for this person because early 20s and six years, this is likely their first relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really challenging when it's your first relationship and you're being vulnerable for the first time. Mm-hmm. I still remember breaking up with my first boyfriend. Oh, yes. Yeah, like laying on my bathroom floor, sobbing. I didn't do that. I broke up with him on the 4th of July via text message. <laughs> There's the avoidant attachment. And then I went to a 4th you. of July party. <laughs> I know. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, Whoops. I mean, yeah, you know, that first relationship is so it's challenging. Mm-hmm. What I'm hearing is probably she's falling into the anxious attachment. He's showing up with some avoidant attachment. Mm -hmm. There's some other factors here, though, developmental stages of life. And a lot of times to to be able to have the emotional capacity to really invest in someone Mm -hmm. and to build secure attachment, you have to really know who you are a little bit and know what you want. And especially if we have avoidant attachment tendencies, we could tell the narrative that this person's holding me back from me becoming who I want to be. So there's some tough conversations they have Mm -hmm. to have, some really honest conversations. And I think when we really love someone and when we really love ourselves, we say, I want to be with someone that has the emotional capacity to create the kind of relationship that I want. Mm. And I deserve to be loved in the way that I want to be loved. And even if it's six years in, and we get that sunk cost fallacy where it's like, oh, I've invested so much time, so I just want to keep going. Right. But even six years in, if the truth is I'm not going to be loved how I want to be loved, it's time to move on. Mm-hmm. And I think quick advice about living with people. I feel that there is something to living on your own before living with a partner. Yes. Especially for men. I feel that they need to, and women too, like who gives a fuck who you are? Mm -hmm. You should live by yourself. If you live with a friend because that's what's cost effective for you, cool. But there is something to living on your own and like being in your own space that is invaluable. I love living by myself. I've lived by myself throughout many relationships it's great for me. Like I enjoy being in my own space and anyone that I'm adding to that space is like by choice. And when I move in with with my boyfriend, soon to be husband someday, like I'm excited for that because I've had the experience of being by myself. He's had the experience of being by himself. Mm -hmm. And I just think there's something to it. I feel like men need to live alone for a second. Like you can't just go from mom to you. Like there's some kind of like yeah. weird transference of responsibility that happens between <laughs> you and his mom when when that happens. Like, yeah, I think him living with friends is a good idea. Like he should. But you yeah. sh- maybe she should think about what it is about that dynamic that might create some kind of anxious mm-hmm. feelings in her about him totally. living with his boys and like, like, let him do it. Let him do it. I, I would agree. I think identity development wise, mm-hmm. you need that time. And just if, okay, if they were in their late 30s, mm-hmm. this would be like a whole different no. conversation. I'd be like, right? well, why are you trying to live with his friends? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He needs to get, he needs to grow up. <laughs> That's a whole, I mean, a whole, <laughs> yes. whole different conversation. Yes. But so then here, here's the alternative because I know I kind of made it sound like breakup. And I, I don't want to say that's the only <laughs> outcome, okay? Yes. The other outcome is, Ask yourself, how could I still feel securely attached Mm -hmm. and have us live in different places? So what would I need in order to feel securely attached? Mm -hmm. And see if you can ask for that. And there may be a way that Mm -hmm. you could create that. 
without yeah. living together. Yeah. So I would invite her to explore that possibility too. Yeah. Maybe you spend three nights a week with each other yeah. or something like that. Or like yeah. you swap places, but like let that boy live by yeah. himself. Like let him live with his friend. Trust me. Do not take any experiences <laughs> away from these men. The more you try to stifle them is the worse off you will be. Because Girl. they just want it. It's like it, it builds up and then For you're sure. going to be with him 10 years from now and he's going to want to have all these experiences uh-huh. without you. Don't. I got to tell you something. When I when I moved in with my boyfriend probably about like a year ago, he did not have a kitchen table. This is what I'm saying. And they don't have <laughs> shit. Why do <laughs> you want to move in with him? You don't get no furniture. They never have his, anything. His office chair was a bucket. Yes. This is what bucket. I'm saying. Like, don't just take talking, that away. I was just talking about this with one of my girlfriends because she was like, my boyfriend would be happy living in a box if it had a good view. <laughs> right? Yes. The, all they need is two bean bags and a PlayStation uh, and they are like set. Uh-huh. They're so happy. Let them have that. Let them have that. You go create your beautiful, aesthetically pleasing space. Yes. 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 And not have to worry about splitting bills or like splitting yeah. furniture. Like he's not going to want the things you want. Mm-hmm. I don't know him, but he's not. Yep. He's not going to care about the modern <laughs> organic style that you're going for. Okay. Uh-huh. And when he uh-huh. brings in his fucking mid-century bullshit <laughs> you're gonna art deco st- you're gonna be like oh my god this is not what i saw on TikTok. not the vibe not the vibe so like yeah. no shade to any of those styles but you know what for sure you know we, what I'm saying. we just sold my my boyfriend's couch we just sold it to like a college student for two hundred dollars was when it we moved. a color was it blue or like red it was like a gray yeah but no like a velvet a velvet yeah, yeah of course uh-huh not course. comfortable yeah of course 10 minutes and your butt would yeah. like hurt yep Yes, this is so, what we do. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> you don't want that. You don't like, want don't that. Don't go there. <laughs> you don't want that right now. Just like take a beat. Dr. Morgan, thank you so much for being here. I've yeah. learned a ton. Where can everyone find you if they want to hear more? Thank you so much for having me. It's It's been so fun. Time has flown by. So I'm on Instagram at Dr. Morgan Coaching. Also have a podcast called yes. Let's Get Vulnerable. Those are the best places. And then my book. If you, yes. if you really want to do the work and you're like, okay, I heard about attachment styles. How do I move to secure my book? Love Magnet. Mm. Um, get off the dating roller coaster and attract the one. It's on Amazon. Love it. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for being Thank here. You for having we appreciate me. it. I appreciate Thank you. you. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you, Cami. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. You can catch a new episode of Relationship every single Friday. Make sure you hit that follow button so you don't miss any of the action. And I want to hear from you. So please, if you love the show, leave us a review. But by review, you know I only need five stars only. And let us know what you think. Make sure you follow us on socials at Relationship on Instagram and at Relationship Pod on Twitter. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye, bestie. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.